Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Freya. Uh, it's so good hearing all that's happening in the life of church. Can I just encourage you? You know, the Restore course is just an amazing opportunity. If there is some stuff going on in your life, if you need restoration, uh, then uh, I'd encourage you to think about signing up. More information is on our website. As Freya said, um, sign up to close this coming Friday. So get on there. I think there are a few more places left. So do so. The thing I just want to mention as well is connect groups. You know, uh, we are a very large church and connect groups are so important to do life with each other. You know, church is not just about Sunday, is it? It's about uh, fellowship and doing life together with fellow believers. And so if you're not in a connect group, can I encourage you to get into one? Uh, you can find out more information on our website, the Vineyard Church at Credit UK forward slash connect. All right, well, we're going to continue. We've been in our summer series and um, essentially our summer series is it doesn't have a theme as such. We just give it, leave it to the preachers to bring whatever they feel led of the Lord to bring. And I launched this a couple of weeks ago, looking at the story of the woman at the well and the invitation that Jesus gives to each one of us and what that means for us. And then last week, Jenna um, continued a theme, actually, that Richard started a couple of weeks ago, which was uh, being in that waiting place. Who knows that waiting is hard? Hands up, yeah, okay, it's not just me. And uh, especially, you know, waiting for a promise of God. And uh, Jenna did an amazing job just unpacking that for us and encouraging us how we can wait well and how we can press in in that time. So if you missed that talk or any of our talks, you can get them on our mobile phone app, uh, but equally on our website, The Vineyard Church, dakotak forward slash talks. So what am I going to talk about this morning? Well, I really want to pick up a topic or a theme that Jenna introduced before her talk, actually, uh, she came up and said, you know, before I talk, I really felt the Lord wants me to mention about freedom. And interestingly enough, that's been a theme of our, of our worship time, hasn't it? Just experiencing that freedom of God. And Jenna said, you know, Freedom Day has the much lauded Freedom Day is now upon us. But for some of us, we might feel as a little bit deflated. You know, am I really free? You know, the, the virus is still out there and, and you know, I, I still feel that I'm restricted. And she just felt the Lord saying, listen, the Lord is saying that you are free indeed, you are free in me. And, I, you know, I really felt the breath of the Lord on that. And then this previous week, I spoke to two very godly um, people, uh, had an opportunity to meet with and pray with, uh, very mature people in the Lord. And both of them, as we prayed together, I met them separately, talked about the freedom of the Lord and the, and the joy, and we talked about joy earlier, that, the, that freedom brings and I was very blessed that they prayed for me, and they prayed into that for me. And, you know, I just got the sense from the Lord, the Lord saying, I want you to speak on freedom. I want you to speak on freedom. And that's what we're going to look at, actually, over the, the next two weeks. This is part one, part two. I'm going to be doing that. Um, you'll be pleased to hear that over the course of the, of the summer series, we've got some other amazing speakers lined up. We've got our wonderful um, Chris Lane, our founding pastor, that will be speaking. We've got Wendy Housen, uh, looking forward to her speaking as well. We've got Chris Birch Evans, who leads STEP. Some of you may know he uh, is a member here at, his, uh, at our church as well. He'll be, be speaking. So we've got some really exciting speakers coming up. But for the next two weeks, I want to focus on the question of freedom. Um, and I've had this song going around in my head. For those of you that were in church during the early 90s, you might remember this one. It goes like this. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free, no longer to be subject to a yoke of slavery. Anyone remember that? Yeah, there you go. 
Um, and the, I think the, the chorus, Jesus, dun, 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 we celebrate your victory. What a, you've got to love those early 90s tunes, haven't you? Really, really good. But that's been going around and around and around in my head. And that, that verse is actually taken straight out of, lifted straight out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And we're going to look at that together. But I think before we do that, I, I want us to ask the question, what does freedom really look like? What does it actually mean? I mean, as Christians, we often say that, don't we? We're free in Christ. We're free indeed, or you can be free. But do we really know what we're talking about? And so I want to do a bit of a deep dive on what freedom truly is. And then I want to look at the question of, okay, so what has Jesus set us free from then? And then lastly, we're going to look at how can we walk in this freedom? Um, Those are the three things we're going to look at. Now, I'm going to ask you a question now. Here is a question. You don't have to answer it. Answer it in your head. What do you want to be free from? What is it in your life that you want to be free from? Have a think about that. Let me pray. Lord, as we spend the next two weeks looking at the freedom that you provide for us, I pray that this would be two weeks of complete breakthrough for us. Lord, I pray for each one of us who are in the room or at home or watching at catch-up, that you would speak to our hearts and that your truth would set us free. And I declare it now that this is a season of freedom and a breakthrough. I declare it now, the truth of God, that we can be free and free indeed. I say no more bondage, no more shackles in the name of Jesus. I declare those habitual sins that have been ravaging you will be broken in Jesus' name. I pray the fear that has blighted you would be broken off you in Jesus' name. I pray the health concerns that have been going around and around and around would be broken off you in Jesus' name. I pray for the guilt that has held you back would be broken off you in Jesus' name. I pray for the shame that you have been under would be broken off you in Jesus' name. I pray for the lie that you have to perform for people's love would be broken off you in Jesus' name. I declare that this is a place of freedom. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom and life, and I can see the Holy Spirit moving over you, some of you right now. Come, Holy Spirit. I'm happy to ditch all these words if it means just staying and and being here as the Lord ministers to us. Come, Holy Spirit. Listen, engage. Don't let cynicism stop you. Don't think about what you're eating for lunch, tempting though that is. Come, Holy Spirit. What is it that you want to be free from? Now take that, put it in your hand, in your mind's eye, and drop it at the foot of the cross. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, set us free. And so we thank you, Lord, that this is a season of freedom I thank you, Lord, that there will be breakthrough. I declare that now in your name. Lord, open our eyes and our ears. And we thank you that your word says that your 
your word will always bear fruit, that it would accomplish that which it is set forth to do. And we thank you for your promise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Right, okay, let's ask the first question. What is freedom? It's a good question because in culture, um, freedom is often banded around, of course, in this season, very much so. Freedom from restrictions, freedom from not being able to do that which I want to do. I mean, songs about freedom, that famous George Michael song, Do Not Fear, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't encourage me, seriously. No, enough. <laughs> but freedom, you know, that song's all about I want to be who I want to be. We have movies about freedom, do we not? Freedom from our inhibitions, freedom to be who I want to be, freedom from slavery, freedom. What about Braveheart? Great movie. Freedom! All that kind of stuff. Freedom is, is, is something that is just permeates all of us. And so let me ask you a question. When you think about freedom, what do you think about? Maybe it goes like this for some of you. This is sometimes how I think. Well, freedom is... I've got my beautiful wife here and one of my children, Lucy, so don't take this the wrong way. Freedom is, I just wish I could have a bit of peace and quiet. <laughs> you feel the same? Oh, charming. You know, I often joke, the only problem with lockdown was that I had to spend it with other people. That's a bad joke, isn't it? But you know, if only I was free and I had a big bank balance, I would be free to do whatever I want, you know? If only I was free so that I didn't have to be accountable to somebody, I could do what I want. If only I was free, etc., etc., etc. Maybe that's how you think sometimes. Well, you know, we, we hear a story in the Bible, a parable indeed, called the prodigal son, which is a perfect example of that kind of freedom, isn't it? What did the prodigal son say? And you can find that story. We're not going to read it now in Luke 15. Dad, I want to be free. Give me my money now, and I can be free. So what does the dad do? Gives him all the money. Okay, son, if you want to be free, go free. Now let me ask you a question. How did it go well? Did it go well for him? Was it free? Was he free? Well, he comes to the end of that journey, and there he is with no money left and having pig swill for dinner because he didn't have any more money left. And he thought, what am I doing? This isn't freedom. Freedom is being with my father. And he gets up and he runs home. And even before he gets home, what a beautiful picture of our Lord who loves us no matter what and accepts us no matter what. He's already halfway there and embraces him. Come, I've got a banquet for you. See, that's freedom. And so what is freedom? You see, freedom is not the right to do what we desire. Listen, it is the desire to do what is right. Let me say this again. Freedom is not the right to do what we desire. It is the desire to do what is right. Put it another word. Freedom is living a life free of the constraints and the shackles of sin to be all that God has created us to be. That is freedom. And that is the picture that we see of Adam and Eve, don't we, before the fall. They were free. You see, they didn't have the constraints of sin that we, that we have. And you see, the enemy's lie then is the same to us now, which is this. You can be like God. You can disobey God and be free from the limitations that God has placed on you. You can know all things. God is your limiting factor here. 
But it was a lie. It was a trap. And we actually find that when we move outside of God's best for us, rather than experience freedom, we become slaves. How many of us in our own lives see that our behavior and attitudes are in large part based on the things that we feel tied to and compelled by? I mean, let me give you some examples. I have a weakness when it comes to money. I'm very fearful about lack. I've shared this with you before when we looked at money in the treasure series. And so, because, you know, it says in the scriptures you can't serve two gods. You can't serve money and God. And serving means anything that you put up on an idol and you worship, you become in bondage to that which you worship. You know that? When you worship God, which we were created to, you become free. But anything that you worship that's an idol, you come in bondage to. And I know that my, my actions around money and my attitudes are impacted by the fact that I ha- I'm fearful about lack. Or maybe you act out of a position of guilt and you overcompensate and you wear yourself out because you're so guilty that you didn't spend enough time with so-and-so. Or maybe there's bitterness in you about a situation or a person and because of that you know that you're holding back love and compassion and forgiveness to someone. Now you might be free to do what you desire but are you truly free? Are you truly free? So let's dive into this in a little bit more detail as we, as we carry on then. If true freedom then is not about doing whatever we want to do, but true freedom is being all that God created us to be and to desire what is right, what has therefore Jesus set us free from? Is that a fair question? Are you following me? Just nod. Thank you. First thing, I'm going to give us three things. The first thing is this. Jesus has set us free from the law. Now, this is really important. This is really important. And we can read it in Romans and Galatians and whatever about that we're free from the law. But if, if we're honest, do we really know what that means? Because we need to understand what that means. There's a reason that Paul went to great length to explain this. And, and you know, you might be thinking, Mark, you're going to go really deep in this. Yes, I am. Because there comes a point where we need some meat. There comes a point where we need some meat because it's going to bear much fruit. So let's look at Galatians 5, 1 then, because this is where I'm going to jump off from. Turn to it in your Bible if you have it, otherwise it'll be on the screen. And for you at home, it'll be on your screen. It says this, and it's under the section, it says in my Bible, I'm reading the ESV, Christ has set us free. It says this, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. What on earth is Paul talking about? Christ has set us free. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. What does that mean? Well, to put it another way, before we accepted Christ, we were under a yoke of slavery. We were. We, that, that was our position. And if you haven't accepted Jesus as your saviour, that you are in that position right now. Now, what is a yoke? A yoke is not the thing you get in an egg, although that is a yoke. What it's talking about here is that beam that went across two animals, maybe a couple of oxen, were used to constrain them to go down a particular path and to, for, to ensure there was an external force on them to act in a particular way. And they were yoked with the other oxen. And in the Bible, often a yoke is used in the context of being yoked to slavery, like it with the Jews that were in, in Egypt. And you see, what Paul is saying here is that the old covenant, what's that? Before Jesus came, the covenant of the law of Moses was a yoke. 
It was a yoke of slavery. Mark, are you saying that God's law was bad? No, I'm not saying that. But in the old covenant, the law, you see, was a structure. It was like a yoke which required full adherence to fulfill the requirements of the law. But here was the problem. Without a change in the heart, without being freed from the sinful desires, it was always going to be impossible to achieve the law's requirements. Are you following me so far? Now, you might say to me, okay, Mark, if that's the, if that's the point, what was the point? Isn't that just rather cruel of God? No, you see, because as the apostles point out in the New Testament, it pointed it to us and showed us that we need a saviour who could fulfil the law on our behalf. It was always going to be impossible for us to fulfil the law, but there was one man that fulfilled it for us and on our behalf, Jesus. And so what that means is when we accept Jesus, we move from being under the law and its requirements and therefore being judged by those requirements and we move to being under Jesus and being set free from the law. And you might say, why is this important, Mark? Because Paul says this as we continue in Galatians 5, and you'll get, to, you'll get to see why this is important in a moment. He says, listen, in verse 2, look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, and he was speaking to the church here because there was a whole thought that came and said, you might have accepted Jesus, but you still need to be circumcised. You still need to do something. And Paul is saying, listen, Christ will be of no advantage to you if you go get circumcised. What's the point? I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that if you want to do that, you make that choice that you're going to be obliged under the law to fulfill all the law's requirements if that's what you want to do. You are therefore severed from Christ. And so what that means for us, this is where I want to get to, is that we have been freed from performing and doing works to be saved. We are no longer under the law. We are set free. And if actually we realise that, this feeling that we need to perform to God and for God, and that our works are the things that justify us in, in the sight of God, that lie that the enemy comes in, you see, and says, well, look at you, you're a terrible Christian. Look at what you've just done. If we realise that we're set free from the law and we're under Christ, we'll say, I'm not going to listen to that. Jesus has forgiven me. So when we say we are free, the first thing we need to understand is we are free from the law. We are free from performance and from works. And when you realise that, the enemy all of a sudden, his arrows and his lies start falling away. The, one of the biggest issues I find when I pastor and speak to people is that there is an in there, if you like, for the enemy's lies because they, if you like, are still sometimes walking back into a law and thinking that their works justify themselves in front of God. Now, am I saying that works are unimportant? No. Works are a fruit, as it says in James, of our belief in Christ. As we walk closely with him, those works come. They are a fruit. But we are not justified by the law. We are free from the law. And that's such an important point. Okay, next one, we are set free from sin. Let's look at 1 John 1.19. It says this. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Did you know that you are free from your sins? Did you know that you have been cleansed from the, the sin that you have done and committed? What does that mean? It means that you are free from the guilt that comes when you have committed sin. We've all, sin just means fallen short of the mark, the target. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned. But what this means is, is that we can be cleansed and forgiven from that. It means that you can be free from the bondage of the lie that God is going to look at you and think, well, they're a sinner. I don't love them. It means that you can be set free from the guilt that you might carry for something you have once done. It means that you can be set free from the shame that you carry. And the shame, all that happens is you just get back into sin again because you just move further and further away from God. But you're set free from that limitation because Jesus' blood has cleansed us from all righteousness. But here's the good news, you see. Being free of sin is more than just being forgiven for it. It is being free from it and the effects of it. Being free from sin means that we can be free from it. This is a really interesting and difficult topic, how we can be free from sin, from committing sin continually and habitually. And it's a a very interesting topic and a difficult one when we talk about how we can be free from the effects of sin such as, you know, the things that we all experience. And so what we're going to do next week, Steph and I are going to lead, lead this, uh, and we're going to have a conversation about how we can be free from sin. And, you know, this is a place where we need to be real. You know, God doesn't say that we're going to be free from life's trials and troubles. But he does say we can experience the freedom that comes from knowing him that we can experience healing, we can experience joy in spite of our circumstances. And that warrants much more time than I have this morning. And so next week in part two, I'm gonna, we're going to unpack that in a bit more detail, how we can be free from sin and the effects of sin. But let me just say right now as a taster, you know, I've experienced it in my own life that those habitual sins you can be set free from. How? As you walk in his truth, And as you spend time with him, you find that as his spirit works in you, that desire to sin falls away over time. That offer is there for us, but we need to make a choice to, number one, realize that's the case, and number two, to take hold of that promise and walk in it. And for some of you, you might be in habitual sin as it relates to pornography. You might be in habitual sin as it relates to drunkenness. You might be in a habitual sin as it relates to gossip and bit, whatever it might be. And you might say, Mark, you're telling me about this, but I have tried and I have tried and I have tried and it hasn't worked. I understand. But we take God's word for truth that says we can be free. And I know in my own life and my own experience that if we, if we number one say, God, I accept your truth that you said I can be free and say, but I can't do this on my own. Would you help me by your grace? As you press in every day to God and make wise decisions and seek him, you can be set free. 
And that is the freedom that God promises. And we're going to have some ministry time in a moment where we're going to allow the Lord just to come and minister to us. But as I said, next week, we're going to spend more time on that subject, on how we can be free from sin and from the effects of sin. But lastly, as I bring this plane into land, because in some ways this is a bit of a, uh, a very uh, b- broad subject and I've only got a few minutes on each one of these, and you might want to do some more research yourself and dig into, should I say study, and dig into the word for yourself. But the last one is this, we are set free from death. Whoa, now you're getting really heavy, Mark. I got the law a bit, just. I got the sin piece, I'm excited about that. But death, you know, we are all born into a fallen world, are we not? And into what we call a sin nature. You know, sin came through one man, Adam, but life comes through the second Adam, which is called Christ, as it says in Romans. And so in many ways, when we are born, we are born into a death sentence. What is that? That's eternal separation from God. That's what sin in us has done. You know, we're not, before we know Jesus, we're not sinners because we're sin. We sin because we're sinners. We're born into a sin nature. But the promise of God is that we do not need to experience the penalty of that sin. Why? Because Jesus took it for us. The reality of hell, let me just say, bless you, is as real as the reality of heaven. And can I just say that's good news? Because it means heaven is a real place and Jesus has paid the price so you can get there. You don't need to pay the penalty of sin. Here's the thing I want to tell you right now. There will come a point where we will all be judged. It's not a question of whether we will be judged. It's a question of how you'll be judged. If you say, well, I don't accept Jesus, that's fine, but you're going to be judged under the law and you'll be fined wanting because none of us can fulfill the law. But if you say, you know what? I accept Jesus. You'll be judged by Jesus and through him. You know, when you get to those pearly gates and the Apostle Paul, they say this, I don't think, it's not in the Bible, so, you know, whatever. He's at the pearly gates and he says, so how are you going to get in? He said, well, because I've done this, that and so and I've done good and I've been a good person. I'm sorry, that's not good enough. You haven't fulfilled the law's requirements because God is a holy God. But if we say, yeah, because Jesus died for me, his blood was shed for me to cleanse me and he fulfilled the law on my behalf, then you come. That offer is here for every one of us. And this is the most beautiful thing about the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news. You do not need to do anything to earn salvation. Phew. Every other religion, listen, is a religion of works. You have to be better. You have to perform better. And when you get to a certain point by your works, then you might get in. Christianity is the only religion that says it's by grace and it's a free gift. All you've got to do is believe in Jesus. And that's it. And I don't know about you, but that is total freedom. Freedom from feeling like I have to work for my salvation. That is good news that the world right now needs to hear. As we're talking about death and we talk about it and it's serious and we talk about people that die, you know, there is an eternal perspective on this. And the reality is we have a choice daily, every moment, every second about where we're going to spend eternity. 
And the good news is that we can be free from the death penalty because Jesus died on the cross for each one of us. And I don't know about you, but if that isn't good news, I don't know what is. Yeah, there's a whoop, thank you. (laughs) Can I invite you all to stand and I want to get the band up? And what I'm going to try and do is just bring some of these threads together as we just allow the Lord to minister to us. And I recognize that some of this stuff might feel heavy, I get that. And some of this stuff might feel a bit deep, I recognize that. But listen, guys, there are moments in our lives and seasons where God presents some really deep truths to us because he wants us to walk in true freedom, not superficial freedom, which is based on our circumstances and how we feel, but a true freedom that protects us from our circumstances, a freedom that means that we can sleep in the boat as Jesus did amongst the storm. That is a promise that God has given us, that we can have the joy of the Lord in spite of the difficulties around us, that we can set be set free from the guilt and the shame and the sin that entangles us, that brings us down. And I believe, as I said at the start of this message, that this is a season of shifting, this is a season of breakthrough, and I believe that for many of you, you're going to see a complete difference in your lives over this next season. I believe that. And I don't say this flippantly. I say that by the unction of the Holy Spirit in me and through me. Let us bow our heads as we just allow the Lord to minister. Come, Holy Spirit. And the first thing I want to do is give an invitation. If you are here right now in this room or at home and you have yet to experience the freedom that Jesus has purchased for you on the cross, that freedom to be with him for eternity, and you think, you know what, I want to be with Jesus. I want to be set free. Then with every head bowed and eyes closed, Can you just raise your hand where you are? I'm not going to ask you to do something embarrassing. Bless you. Bless you. If there's anybody else that has yet to say yes to Jesus and they want to give their lives to him, just raise your hand. Bless you. Bless you. If there's people online, you can raise your hand. The team can pray with you. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thank you. I'm going to pray a prayer. And then in your heart, why don't you repeat after me? Lord Jesus. In fact, we're going to all pray this out loud. It doesn't matter if you're already set free. You can pray this again, so let's pray this. Lord Jesus, I just say yes to you. And I thank you for the freedom you purchased for me on the cross. I say you are my Lord and my Saviour. And I choose to walk in the freedom that you have for me. In your precious name, would you just forgive me for my sins and wash me clean as your righteousness is put upon me. In your name, amen. Thank you, Lord. If you just prayed that prayer, at the end of this service, the ministry team, my right, your left, would love to pray with you. Let me just pray as we worship. Lord, we thank you that you are doing a deep thing in us. We thank you for the salvations that have just happened this morning. The people have walked from darkness into light. And I pray, Lord, that Holy Spirit, as we worship you now, you would come and do a deep thing in our hearts, that we would leave this place in breakthrough. Come, Holy Spirit, as we worship, I pray in your precious name.